Welcome to the self-evident podcast. You got Mike, you got Massey. It's early. We've only been up for a couple hours. Massey, tell the folks what time we got up at. That that for for you audio listeners, you held up a paltry four fingers. But we're here because we're here for you. And we don't rest because we are here for you. We know you care so deeply about what's going on in the world that you tune into us to give you the news and to give you our thoughts and our perspectives. And so we just want to say thank you to all of you after nap time with Massey. Anywho's, welcome. Here we go. <laughs> we're only Dude, on this our is, this is our third cup. Uh, of we're coffee. only on our third cup of coffee, and I will tell you, our first cups were tumbler size. So they were. It's more than just a cup. So, folks, we may have to take bathroom breaks in yes. the middle of this whole mess, <laughs> just to let you know. We may have to set up Catherine. Never mind. Whoa. Never mind. Whoa. You know that's bad. Welcome. <laughs> A couple of steps. I, I forgot to wear a ministry shirt, folks. So here you go. Revel in the beauty of this artwork, the glory, the 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 artwork that I decided, the Oriental rug that I decided to put on today. Only I could pull off in this size. <laughs> I don't know what I just said. I feel like I love y'all. That's about as good as we're gonna get today. I think. We should probably call it. Anywho's. <laughs> All right, let's get right into hey, it. We got we got stuff to talk about today. Yeah, we do. As we always do, go ahead and comment below. Share this video. Get her out there. We got stuff to do. We need your help to do it. So uh do your job. And we'll do ours. Yeah, we're doing ours. You you stepping up to the plate? Are you sharing? Are you commenting? Are you liking? Are you subscribing? Are you donating? You have a simple job. Yep. Easy. All easy right. peasy lemon squeeze. That's what Five. your son told me yesterday. Like, Did he really? He goes, easy peasy lemon squeezy. I was like. <laughs> My boy. <laughs> what was that in reference to? I said easy, easy. Because when I drive, you know, people cut. You know, oh, yeah. I was like, easy, easy. And he goes, easy peasy lemon squeezy. I was like, <laughs> My dog. You're right. <laughs> Okay. Oh man, he's a character. I love it. My teeth are getting whiter. It's beautiful. I went. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's go this ahead. Is, put the five we, minutes on. What am I doing? Let's what am I doing? Forward. <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry. We'll, yeah, we'll just... drag the cart. <laughs> <laughs> put it on. <laughs> we need it's a little timer, here. dude. <laughs> we do. Go. All right, here we go. Brittany Griner changes her tune to the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> Keep going. That's right. Former Russian guest Brittany Griner, after her short stint in Hotel de Putin, decided that maybe standing for the national anthem ain't as bad as she once thought. She said, you have the right to protest, the right to be able to speak out, question, challenge, and do all these things. When I went through and everything, it just means a little bit more to me now. So I want to be able to stand. I was literally in a cage in Russia and could not stand the way I wanted to, she explained to ESPN. Just being able to hear my national anthem 
see my flag. I definitely want to stand. Now, everybody that will not stand or not come out, I totally support them 100%. That's all right. As an American in this great country. Now, some of you may feel that is a little sacrilegious. We got to get through this somehow. <laughs> Thank you, Brittany Griner, for standing for the anthem. Uh, you know, it, it only finally... Took- it only only took what nine months in and Hotel McCarthy. Day Putin. <laughs> it only took incarceration in a different country. Yeah, getting treated like crap for you to see. Dang, our country's actually pretty sweet. You know what? Maybe maybe I can stand for a couple of minutes. <laughs> maybe I don't need to go into the locker room. Watch her sing the next one. <laughs> I just. I just want to sing a little song to a country that just is near and dear to my heart. I could do the background. <laughs> All right, number two. Non-racist woman not named Karen out for blood. This one I have been getting enjoyment out of. So maybe you heard about this, but video has gone viral of a white woman surrounded by several young black men and the story that came out is that she tried to steal their rent-a-bike on the face of this i can't believe people actually wanted to believe that narrative of this so you're going to say that a white woman had so much cojones in her to walk up to (laughs) yes that's what i said group of young black men and try to steal their bike does anyone believe this? Like, this, this is this the ghetto, but reverse, you know, like, give me your bike. No, Karen, don't do it. Give me my bike back. Give it to me. Like, so uh, in truth, it was actually the other way around. After being absolutely slandered and decimated in the media, she is out for blood. Her lawyer has even created an account so people can tag any diff- defamatory or slanderous commentary about her. She's received death threats, put on suspension at work, and had to go into hiding. Dude, I cannot wait to see her go after all of this. Right. Go after all of them. I, I Any of them. And especially the news media sources, the ones that, that can't seem to learn their lesson, especially after the Covington stuff and all of that. Go after them. Hit them in the pocketbooks as hard as you can, and maybe they'll figure out that they're going to wait a little bit. Yeah, or hit them in the cojones. Or the cojones that she's carrying around. <laughs> scare more than a lot of guys so number three new york city is going to sh- stop shoplifting with kiosks well, this should be good <laughs> this this is a plan meant to su- fail should i do the star spangled banner again <laughs> this is america folks <laughs> mayor adams has noticed a massive increase in shoplifting and of course the most sound sensible reasonable solution to that Here, that comes to this man's mind let's see is, what the left has to do with this let's see what they're going to come up with. the plan the plan the man. master plan look at me right here what's your plan here we go reasonably the next step is give first-time offenders intervention programs instead of prosecution de-escalation trainer for training for retail employees 
establish neighborhood retail watch groups to share theft info in real time with one another in NYPD. Oh, by the way, install kiosks in stores to connect would-be thieves with social service programs. Because that's what it's all about, folks. They're just itching for a social service program. They don't have enough of those programs. And, well, we need to install the kiosk so the social service person that's getting way underpaid can stand there and go, guys, guys, stop stealing the TV, please. Let me tell you about our new assistance program. Because that'll work. I just want you to hear point number three again. Establish neighborhood retail watch groups to share theft info in real time with one another and NYPD, you are setting up tattletale groups. Yes. That's what you're doing right now. You are telling. So now you can report anything. Well, I saw some people walking in with some packages, I think. You see what I'm saying? Like, this is dangerous crap. Because now you're going after the law. I'm telling you, they're going after the law abider, not the law breaker. Yes, and it's, it's completely contradictory. Because what you're trying to say is this action of theft, it's not a crime. It's a plea for help. We, we saw it in San Francisco and, and California and all that. So now what you're saying is we want watchdog groups to report anything. But the problem is we're not going to treat theft like an actual crime. Because right. they so even the said point? first time we're going to give programs instead of prosecution. What's the point? You've already determined that, well, it's not that big of a deal. and It's not that important. Even though you're saying this is a problem, you're speaking out of both sides of your mouth. Install kiosks and stores to connect would-be thieves with social service programs. You know, I was going to steal that TV, but then I saw your kiosk and I thought, why? Why steal the TV? When I can steal the kiosk. (laughs) (laughs) You remember remember that video of the guy carrying the podium out of the the Capitol building? You know how he got months for that? I imagine people walking out with a kiosk to their little Toyota Camry trying to put it on top. Like, man, why why I need TV when I can get a kiosk? Well, what are they going to do? Make you go to another kiosk? Another kiosk. Right, 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 right. Sir, sir, no, go to the kiosk in Target, please. Oh, you got more? This is two for one. (laughs) And then training their employees to de-escalate. Yes, let's put it on the employees. (laughs) What is de-escalation? That's what I want to know. Bye. See ya. Just let them do it because, you know, you don't want to be held liable for hurting them if you stop them. Right. And and defending yourself, stopping people from committing crime, that is is the big prosecution ticket. We've watched that recently. We're watching it happen now. Now you are going to be punished. Punished. For trying to stop crime. Stop it. But then the, you know. Yeah. They they won't convict the crimes. And and they won't do jail time for the crimes. So. Because that's just stupid. The lesson is crime is good. The lesson is trust the government. Yes. They know what they're doing. They're going after law-abiding citizens and praising the bad people. The pun- they're not punishing evil, but we need to get the guns out of all citizens' hands. This is going to end so well. We need to legalize abortion till yes, this, this till is- after nine months. But we, you know what? When they steal, we got to take it easy this, on them. This is good. Those illegal so immigrants, well. we got to take it easy on them. You know what we need yeah. to do? Not send them across the border. We need to have prosecution trials. <laughs> uh, you, 20, uh, anyway. 20 years down the road, of course. Not... 
not oh, in a week gosh, because you know right to a fair and speedy trials yeah. and and you Evident know here. You, you you know what the best punishment for somebody is uh well we'll talk to you in in a couple of years just come on back here's here's your court date just come on back cuz the criminal will listen to that yeah absolutely you know cash free bail that's 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 how you even out the system How do, we, how do we how do how do we fix it, folks? How do we fix it? We got right? lessons for you. Um, before we get into the main topic, do not forget we do have our match in Grant going on now. A little bit over halfway. Keep it up, guys. Keep it going. We've got this. Okay. Um, you can become a part of the family, part of the partnership, and and this is so vital for us for for getting through the rest of the year. Help us out. Join us. We've got exciting programs in the works. This man, we we had let's how much do we want to divulge? Divulge. Okay. So we had a meeting on Saturday. We have a new program that we are launching. That Can't is, tell you the whole program. Can't no. even really let the cat out the bag. But but we will say this program is going to change churches. And it's going to change how the church interacts with the local community that's what i'll say but keep your ears open for it we've we've got some good pieces in place doesn't involve a kiosk (laughs) (laughs) no we need to find one first so churches no longer need bibles we're just gonna have kiosks (laughs) get your sermon for the day then you sit at your chair you listen to a sermon for 20 minutes you go home that's how it is right because sinners don't, we need to coddle sinners. That's what we need to do. We don't need to tell them about the price paid or anything like that. What we need to do, what we need to do is tell the offenders of Christ. There's a plan. There's just there's intervention programs. Intervention programs such as a kiosk. Yeah. <laughs> All right, civil disobedience. Good night. Part three. Now, why are you guys doing a part three? We're sick of this. I get it. I don't think you're sick of it. I think you guys are overwhelmingly responding to a positive way of us looking at government and saying that we can disobey government because we're not disobeying. We're actually being obedient. They're the ones disobeying. We're being obedient. Continue. (laughs) He's mad. (laughs) I cut him off. I cut him off. (laughs) That wasn't wasn't right. (laughs) That wasn't right. We've only been up since 3.34. Here we go. All right, so the whole reason we're doing civil disobedience again is we went off on a tangent last time, a very good tangent. Check out that podcast, you, You've got to watch that one. But we went off on a tangent, and one of the things that I really want to do is give you real-world actionable ways in how civil disobedience might look. And I like looking at the Martin Luther King Juniors, the Gandhis, these names and the Gahandis, Gahandis, <laughs> Gahandis, the Gahandi. <laughs> he was very handy at civil disobedience. He was good. He handy. was good and handy. All right. So you may think that civil disobedience needs violence, but actually the research shows this isn't true. And it actually shows that nonviolence is more successful than violence. So uh, Erica Chenoweth, professor of public policy at Harvard researched the effectiveness of violence versus nonviolence. 
So for years, she had believed that strategic violence and armed resistance was a reliable way for change. But then she and another researcher collected data on all violent and nonviolent campaigns from 1900 to 2006 that resulted in the overthrow of a government or in territorial liberation. They created a data set of 200 or 323 mass actions. Results showed that nonviolent civil resistance was far more effective in producing change. She even found that countries in which there were nonviolent campaigns were about 10 times likelier to transition to democracies within a five-year period compared to countries in which there were violent campaigns, whether the campaign succeeded or failed. And guess what? You only need about 3.5% of the population. In America, that's about 11.5 million people. Wow. That, I, and, and you know what I think about? I, mm. I think about um, the small percentage of people in the revolutionary yeah, war. Yeah, that changed the world, right? like let alone the, the revolution. Yeah, Right. And now, granted, you'd say, well, that was a violent campaign. It resulted in violence because of oppression Amen. from the British. Amen. Amen. It, it was not an offensive violent campaign. It was a defensive violent campaign. Quite, they, yeah, quite go codified ahead, by go the ahead. declaration when Thomas Jefferson and the other, you know, uh, scholars or, or the, the founders who helped pen it, they said, our, 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 basically, our, our, our attempts at peace have been met with violent action. So, like, we tried, we tried, we mm -hmm. did the olive branch thing. We tried to reason with you guys. We tried to even go to our local governments, but they were telling us, no, go to the big one. So we tried, and every time we tried, you met us with more action. So then all of a sudden the king's like, we're going to put a bounty on their heads. We're going to go after them. You know, we, they're, they're seditious. So then they had to do something. This wasn't a violent revolution. This wasn't something that they wanted. Now, some will uh, agree, was, was Samuel Adams, what he did was what he did right with right, the whole like, Boston Tea Party. Yep, and then also uh, they, they burned, what was it? They burned a bunch of court documents. They looted, like, the vice admiralty's office, you know, so yeah, there were violent aspects of it, and I, I'm with you. Of like, some might say, "Well, <laughs> you right." Were violent. But the but the overall, I mean, just like just like with the civil rights movement, you know, Martin Luther King was as nonviolent as it comes. He was no savior, by the way. No. He was just one person in this whole thing. And many of the people in other regimes of this whole fight were violent, right? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just the Black Panthers. It wasn't. I mean, because some of those guys weren't violent. Some were. Yeah. Some people in Martin Luther King's camp were violent. Some weren't. You know, it's like you have this whole. I think one of the reasons that nonviolence works is because when you're not doing anything offensive to somebody else and they come and attack you physically, people see the guy wasn't he was just expressing an opinion. Yeah. Like, why did you come and, at him like that? Now you're beating on him. Right. Yeah. So then they're thinking nobody would do that if they didn't believe in this cause. So then they start to research it, work it out. Then they either get behind it or say, nah, it's just not my cause. And nine, nine, likely more than likely if someone likes to see a martyr, like we, mm -hmm. when we see a martyr, we're like, man, that man believes, which is why Christ's story is so compelling because he became that yeah. in a sense. Like he had no violence against anybody. He didn't even revile them. Like he didn't come at them. He didn't, try to rebuke them or correct them when he was going up to the cross he did it non like it, there was no retaliation on his part and then all of a sudden everybody's like truly this man was a son of god truly this man like the 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 soldier yeah when he poked him in the side and he saw the water and blood come out man truly we, we screwed up you know what i mean and there's there's actually jews who part of the reason they they 
dislike Christ so much. Yeah. The Messiah thing is, is one part of it, but the other part is they feel that he made them look bad, right? Like everybody wow. hates us because we, we crucified Jesus. Well, uh, you did. Yeah. Well, you know, now, but I, ar I argue it was people who had hatred in their hearts. You exactly. Know I mean? And that's, and that's like, he, he, his action of goodness showed what was truly in those people's hearts. Now, that's, that means you can't hold the whole Jewish people for all continuum Thank you. as responsible yeah. for it. That's what I'm saying. But the hearts of the people that did it, right? wickedness showed through. And that's one of the beauties of nonviolence is your goodness, your, your clean conscience draws that drastic nature between light and dark. And so then the darkness shows out much more clearly because if if we start smashing in windows and we're hitting people and we're running people over with cars and all of that, your focus is not on the retaliation of the government. Your focus is on us, right? what we're doing poorly. If instead we're marching and locking arms and you're unleashing dogs and water cannons and, and beating people with batons, guess who the focus is on now your wickedness, yeah, your wickedness is that's right and nobody wants to be behind i don't think i mean there are some who would want to be uh on the side of like beating and, and and doing all those things but for the most part people don't want to be involved in violence right you know they they want to be able to do it peacefully because they don't want to get their stuff looted they don't want to you know they don't want to get bloody is really yeah. what it comes down to right that's why there was such a small amount fighting in the revolutionary war uh, comparatively to to let's say England, right? Not England didn't bring all their forces either, no. right? Because they had other wars they were fighting. But in what what I'm seeing that's a positive in this uh, 3.5 percent of the population is what it takes. It just confirms what God's word is. You know, it doesn't need a we don't need a majority. Samuel Adams right. said that we don't need a majority to prevail, right? So this is to me. You guys have to look at this and say, can I go in there with the spirit of the Lord? <clears throat> believe do what i believe in take the crap and not give it back yeah take the consequence and that's that's something that we've talked about that's a, it a couple of times of you really have to be accepting of the consequence of your action because if you're going to civilly disobey and you're going to break a law that you feel is unjust you are breaking a law and so then comes consequence and you have to be accepting of that thoreau wrote about that like you you, you got to accept this um, but there are several reasons that people can get involved in nonviolent civil disobedience as opposed to violence. So the first one is it's lower entry for people who want to get involved, right? They don't need a rifle, military training, or necessarily sacrifice everything they love and own for the cause. They can, they can get to be a part of it with much lower threshold. Nonviolence is more likely to bring about loyalty shifts in the security forces and the elites is required to sustain a long-growing movement. A lot of pillars support the status quo, and coercing them into compliance with the movement tears down the established structure. In other words, think about this. If you're run-of-the-mill police officer, and you're making your $50,000 or whatever, and you're watching something like Antifa and Black Lives Matter loot and run amok in cities, you there's there's a passion in you to see that stop if if you have any care about your community differently if you have people who are are peaceful who are are kind to you but they're saying look i appreciate you're trying to do your job but i'm here to make a point 
there may be a part of you that goes, hmm, I wonder what's going on. I wonder what their point is. And a nonviolent civil disobedience movement, that has the best opportunity to win the elites and win the, the security forces that are trying to enforce the tyrannical oppression, right? You're more likely to get more of them going, uh, I think they're right. Yeah, maybe they're onto something here. Then maybe they're onto something because I don't like these orders of having to beat these people. That's that's not fair. Uh, three campaigns need to have more than just protests. They need variance. And when campaigns are oppressed, they need to remain nonviolent because otherwise they play the same game as the government they're attempting to change. Isn't that true? Two wrongs don't make a right. You know. Um, that last point's great. They want you to be violent because then everything they do looks defensive. It gives them the cause to stamp you out. And so once they, this is why it's like we, we caution a lot of the conservatives, don't lose your cool because when you do that, you're the one that looks like the freak. Now, we can all agree a lot of the stuff that's happening now makes you angry. It makes you frustrated. Like why, why is all this happening? Why can't we stop it? But it's really you keeping your cool and your calm and being collected that, that the spirit of God can actually work through you to speak, right? Like that, there's a reason that the fruit of the spirit was given, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, uh, godliness, self-control. Why were those things given? Because the spirit of God can work through a man who's tempered. If you're not being tempered and you're not a tempered person, tempered woman, tempered man, you're going to look like a fool because mm -hmm. you're only doing what the world does. Yell at each other, uh, accuse each other, scream at each other, all these other things. And there's a place for in time for those things. There really is. There's a place in time for, I'm righteously angry right now, yeah. seriously, but it won't be to the detriment of the soul that you're trying to help, right? It'll be to the glory of God. God will get the glory in it all the way. Right. You know what I mean? They, absolutely. And so the question is, where are you going to be looking for? You've got to make sure that you are principled in your cause and your actions, that your cause has more to do than just for selfish gains, right? Because otherwise you it's going to go hairy and it's going to go sideways and you're going to end up compromising your, your principles because of, um, <laughs> such a jerk. Man. Sorry. <laughs> Just never mind. You're, you're going to compromise yourself sooner or later. If your passions aren't right, you're going to go off on a trail. And this also, you've got to have clear communication of what you're trying to accomplish. Make sure it's public and, I believe that refraining from damaging private property is also important because those individual citizens, you're not winning any friends if you're destroying their businesses, if you're destroying their homes, if you're destroying their cars. You know what they end up doing? They go, well, I hope the government stops you because you're, you're destroying me. Even if they support the government, you're not winning. It, that's the whole like, Christ love your enemies thing is like, you're not winning your enemies over if you're destroying their house and their property and their cars. <clears throat> Even if you get them to kind of submit in fear, they'll always resent you. And I think a civil disobedience movement has to have a love for the people as a whole to really start getting your point across and start making changes. Yeah, agreed. Um, we're massive private property individuals. We, we totally support private property, uplift it. And so even if you don't like what a business is doing, your protest does not come from damaging their property, from but from doing your best to see that money flows away from them. Bud Light is a perfect example. People have made their issue known. And you may, well, Kid Rock was shooting Bud Light cans and blah. 
he I'm sure he purchased them before he shot them. He didn't steal them. No. What it, what he does with it after he buys it is totally up to him. And remember, you could be jailed many times. Gandhi was jailed many times. And one, one trial, he said, in my humble opinion, non-cooperation with evil is as much a duty as is cooperation with good. Oh. And he, he shifted things in South Africa because there was a, a uh, you what was it called? Um, registration law that would have required Indians to register with the police and be fingerprinted. Government finally agreed to end many of the objectionable parts of the law. You know what I think of? Taking your photograph at an airport before you're allowed to get on a plane. Which is federal law. It's it's now federal law. We took pictures. And they have rolled this program out in 15 airports as a trial run. It's coming, guys. And that, that's not conspiracy theory. That's just, it's coming. At what point... Do people decide, I am tired of the government deciding they need every bit of piece of information cataloged about me and need to know everything I'm doing? When does it stop being you innocent until proven guilty, and instead you're guilty until we can prove you innocent because you align with us? So I think the hard part is that on the conservative side, we're very family and career focused. We're individualists, so we see life as something that we're having to do on a day-in, day-out basis, but we have to decide what are we willing to sacrifice and how far are we willing to go in order to help enact change for future generations. You have to accept that what you do today may only benefit your children and grandchildren, not you. And I think one of the problems with the conservative movement is we're too good at taking care of our own stuff. And what I mean by that is we're efficient and hardworking at taking care of the sphere around us. And if you look at these liberal progressive activist movements, tend to be people that either don't have children or jobs, jobs. the massive portion of it is college students who don't have a job, don't have anything else going on, or they're establishment people. I mean, they're very well taken care of by the government itself. I think conservatives, we've we've got to deal with this concept of civil disobedience and figure out, okay, what are we actually willing to sacrifice and commit to if we want to see things change? Because I am so tired of watching the armchair quarterbacking complaining that happens at conservative meetings month after month after month. We go to our meeting and we sit down and we hear a speaker tell us how bad it all is and what the government's doing. So, eat your steak and leave. You know, like, there's no call to action. There's no movement forward. There's no organization on it. Now, there are groups that are doing the True Texas Project. Absolutely. Great example. Absolutely getting out there and doing stuff. They, they, They want people involved in the system. Not only are they doing stuff, they're organized. They know how to get you involved. They know how to take your giftings and talents and put it in a system. I mean, these guys are well lit. I mean, and they'll tell you, oh, we got flaws, we got this, but still, you look at the fruit of what they've done, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. I think the second thing, too, is is we almost go to other people to try to figure out what God is supposed to be telling us to do. And so, like, we'll go to these conferences and hear these guys speak, and we're saying, look, just give me a plan of action. How do we take this back? And it's like, dude, I, you know, we can tell you what to do, but until God impregnates you and he implants it in you, 
we're just talking at this point. You know what I mean? Because like we could give you the plan of action, but are you going to want to do it? Right. And we're just one piece. We may say something like, hey, this is, you know, we, we believe this to be the, the, the thing. But it doesn't matter if that's the thing or not. It may not work in your town. It may not. Yeah. It, that theory may not work in where you're at, may not work for your church. So you got to get from the get with the spirit of God yourself, right? And try to figure out how to do this. Nobody told me to go out and speak, you know, and do all these things. Nobody told you. We just right. did it. You know, it's right. like we we just had an idea. Uh, nobody really inspired us to to do it. I mean, I was inspired by the messages I heard, but like nobody told me, hey, you should go start a ministry or go, you know, go to public right. places and speak. You should go out and try to educate people and disciple people. Like that was just given to us. And and you may say, you know, like. Well, but some of us aren't like that. No, every one of us can be like that. Every one of us can hear from the Spirit of God to do something. And, you know what I mean? And your lane may be big and may be small. I think. Ooh, good point. We we tend to look too big. Is like, okay, if you don't have the vision and the direction to go big, then what's in your sphere? Maybe it's simply showing up to a school board meeting. And, and saying, you know what, I'm going to take a couple of hours once a month or whatever, and I'm actually just going to go and listen. Which is what we're going to challenge you to do in June is we want you to attend at least one school board meeting this month. You don't have to speak at it. You're doing it. We are going to challenge you, the listener, to say, look, this is one way to get involved. You can go see it for yourself. You can go check these things out. You can go hear what they're talking about at the school. And you'll be shocked when you go the things they bring up and the things they tolerate. Yes. And you may be even shocked, more shocked, shockeder. You'd be more shockeder to hear that they may be actually doing things that you want them to do, that you're like, hey, I can get behind this, and you can help promote. So you may not be the one who's got this huge calling, but, dude, there are people in ministries and groups out there, especially groups uh, that that maybe aren't Christian. They're just trying to get involved and help the schools that you can – and this is just one area, schools. Go to a town council meeting, county council meeting, whatever. Be involved, right? But what about you – being a part of that and just helping them. That could be huge for some. Uh, Paul was talking about he when he was a mayor, he had no encouragement. People weren't there to back him up and, and right. say, hey, man, good job. Like, way to go. He goes, I was alone a lot, in, you know, fighting for these values that I believed in as a Christian and helped get that that, that city back, you know, to, to the way it should have been. And he goes, I got no support. Like, it was hard to get a pastor to say, good job. Because right. They just, they didn't want to get involved in the in the thing. You know, and for some of you, it could be just get involved in your church. You know, you'd be surprised. The more you give your life away, the more you find your life. It really is true. It's true. You just give your life away, and you just watch God give you more life. It is so much more fulfilling than sitting on the couch night after night after night just staring at the TV. Because guaranteed 30 years from now, if you look back and you're like, well, what were the experiences I had? <laughs> yeah. Sat on my couch. Sat on my. I I watched all the seasons of Lost. Easy over and over. Well, I've never seen Lost. Yeah, so, so you're okay. <laughs> I've watched other seasons. <laughs> okay, I've watched all and, the Marvel movies, and and that's fine. Back in the day, though, before they went, it, it, well, they've kind of always been woke. Yeah. Oh. Anyways, <laughs> sad, sad pandas. It. Sad pandas for sure. If if you can only do one thing, do that one thing. And I've watched. <laughs> I know I'm doing it today. I won't call out who else does it, but I'm like. <laughs> and 
I've watched leftist and progressive organizations by the multitudes come out of the woodwork. That's what always fascinates me. It's organization A and B and C and D and E and F. And they're all over the place, and there's so many of them. And it's like because they're getting more people involved. That's right. That There's one that speaks to those. Because I think about that. It's like this little tiny organization off over here that nobody's ever heard of. There's probably five, ten employees working for that. And they're moving hundreds, thousands of people. They have an effect. And they found their niche. They found their spot. We we tend to look at Turning Point USA. There's our, our activist wing. Which good for them. You know, good they, they, for them. They, they found their niche. Right. Their, 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 their part to play in this whole thing. Where's everybody else? That's right. You know, now there's like Moms for Liberty and that kind of thing. Good. We need more. And we need... I'm going to name a couple of things that are really important in this whole civil disobedience. And I, I want you to think about how could you apply this when you're becoming more active in government and social sphere. Communication with others is key. You need to plan, need to be ready for the fallout. So that means having an established group who is with you and will participate with you. You need preparation. You need a long-term strategy. You need to put together a plan of how it looks, the pressure points that make the most sense, and how you're going to handle possible consequences. For instance, if you're going to do a month-long strike, maybe you need to start putting together some food and some resources as a group so you know we'll get ourselves through this. You don't just decide the next day, we're going on a year-long strike. That'll last two days. But if you're prepared, if you if you as a group have figured out, okay, we've got these resources set aside, this will carry us through, now we're going to hit them where it hurts, then all of a sudden you have an effect. You also need publicity. Public outcry is really what's going to make the difference. If you chain yourself to a tree and nobody ever hears about it, it doesn't do anything. Truth. If the world is looking at that logging company and saying, you're about to kill somebody, what are you doing? That has effect. And so you need to make sure you capture those massive moments and ensure that the public and the government is getting the hint that this is happening and it's not going away. Most of us can easily picture in our minds the photographs of the police dogs and water cannons during the civil rights era. Remember pictures from Kent State progressives are amazing at taking a picture and creating a whole story behind it, impressing a whole worldview onto you. Problem is they're disingenuous with it. AOC crying at a parking lot fence. Anybody remember this? When has she done it since? Right. No, but and somebody's going, you're at a parking lot, bro. <laughs> like, I don't see any kids in cages over there. The terrible dis public display of a tiny boy who drowned and washed up on shore. Anybody remember that story? Kids in cages. A migrant getting whipped by a border patrol on horseback. These images are in our heads, and unfortunately, progressives have figured out how to use them out of context. It's time for us to kind of flip the game and start using images, use them in context, but start putting this across. Like, look. This conservative movement, this is what's happening. And before you say, oh, but the media always suppresses us. It always suppresses us. So quit. You're done. Give up. That's it. Or, okay, we'll find alternative media. We'll go around. We'll blast people with this. Like, why is it so 
easy to just give up because, well, they've got the media and they've got the government and they've, they've got the local. And you know, what we're really finding out Mike, that if we have one church that is willing to be active, right? Just listen to me. If you have one church that's willing to be active and your influence starts to reach other places, you find that there's other people in other churches that have the same right? passions that you do. So even if you say we're the only church in the territory, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe that. But I mean, if you are, you're going to eventually start to get the other people on your side. And that's what creates movements. That's mm -hmm. what creates this thing. Which is why, I mean, I think even at self-evident, we're we're constantly thinking about, you know, what's the what what what'll catch people? And I'm thinking yeah. calls to action. So this month in June, go to a school board meeting, get involved. If they have more than one, get involved. Get, go, go see what they do. And then at the second one, maybe say make your voice heard. It's a three-minute thing. You don't have to take up all three minutes, mm -hmm. but just make your voice heard. Yeah. That's the beautiful part of our country, man. You get to say what you want, how you want right now. Be reasoned. Don't be like <laughs> The Nephilim created the 5G, which created the UFOs, which created us to have a Bible. And now the Bible's all misconstrued because it was written by man. And then all of a sudden, you know what I mean? And, and you're all demons. No, by the way, that's true. That actually happened we at a local it. event here. Uh, and it was about prayer. The reason why we don't have prayers because of the Nephilim. I mean, it was crazy. Do you think that helped or hurt the argument? Yeah, because right after that, they're like, Pastor Massey from Revive Church is up next. It's like, oh, gosh. First off, <laughs> I'm me, not that. Yeah, but I love, just the, I love her. <laughs> But I'm not that. The person is great. The message is horrible. <laughs> so, yeah, we've had to face it all. But, you know, what this does is it prepares you. So you say, okay, what am I going in for? Like you said, plan of attack. Like you got to plan this out. What am I going in for? What are the issues at hand? And how do I best articulate my position, right? Using scripture, do whatever you need to do. But articulate the position and think about how they're going to combat it. And you come back and use that as reason. Okay, how do I do that? Critically start thinking about your arguments. Don't just throw out talking points. And listen, conservatives, you that are on social media, don't just throw everything you see out there from a conservative as truth. Thank do you. your homework and research on Thank this stuff, you. dude. Because also a week later, you find out, oh, that was taken out of context or that was photoshopped. You know right. what I mean? It's and and you look the fool when that happens. You do. You you lose credibility when you're not even just researching these pictures. Let's and or 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 posts. I'm gonna take a baseball bat to a bit of a sacred crowd in the conservative movement. Stop with the conspiracy theories. Oh boy. I don't care if it's true or not. What, what am I hearing about? One world order, digital currencies, 5G, Biden's an implant, all of that. It does not matter. And I, I say this with love to those who are following the conspiracy theory trains. Do you see what happened with QAnon? Do you see how many people fell down that rabbit hole and they completely eviscerated their reputation, their validity? There were plenty of prophets who ruined their validity leading up to the election. Stop with the conspiracy theories and stop chopping at the branches. Get to the root and start the calls to action. I don't have to care about the one world digital currency unless I'm going after it with action. If I'm going after it and I've got a plan and a strategy in place and I've got people behind me and this is how we're going to do it, cool. That's your mission. But if you don't have a mission, it's time to figure out, okay, that stuff's happening. I'm nervous about it. But Lord, what is my mission here and now? Almost guaranteed it's a lot smaller and a lot more uh, in your possession 
than something like that. And you waste time. You waste everybody's time when all you talk about are these conspiracy exactly. theories. I'm, I speak in love to my own group. You're making yourself look like a fool. Please go after what is reasonable to do right now. So let's say you do talk about digital currency. What are you going to do about it? What's the what's the plan here, right? What's the what's the um, what you call it? What's your strategy? What's what, what's the, yeah? What is the strategy? What what are you trying to accomplish in this? And how are you going to get yourself and your friends out of it? Yeah. What are you going to do? Like I have ideas in my head, and I think they will work. But it's it, again, we got to roll the stuff out. But we won't talk about certain things because it's like, well, we don't really have a plan for that. So we could talk about that, but really it does nothing right now for the believer. It does nothing for the conservative. It does nothing for our country for me to just keep repeating the same talking points. Everyone else does. There's a, let's use the the cryptocurrency. There's a difference between telling everybody on Facebook and on your YouTube channel and all of that, that they're, they're going to establish a one world digital currency and they'll control everything. And you won't be able to buy or sell without the digital currency. It's the mark of the beast. That's sample a sample B is, we notice they're moving towards a digital currency. So this is what we're doing in our community. We're setting up a buy and sh- buy and sell market. So our neighbors and us are trading food. Um, Joey down the street, he can do uh, leather work like wallets and all of that. So he started trading that. I'm growing broccoli and corn. And so we're trading. Because if there is a digital currency, we want to establish these networks of business owners and people who are doing right. something that they can do without having to use the digital right. currency. Right, which is the plan we all... Much different It is, it is. And even to say, like, let's just say <clears throat> we go with the, the, the whole thing about talking about digital currency. Say it in, in, in this way. They're moving towards it. The potential for this is disastrous. Yes. We can see that, right? The potential. But I also see the hand of God in all of this stuff because government cannot get above God. Their right. plans are not above God's plans. Right. So it's like, Lord, what are you doing behind the scenes? What are you showing us? Oh, you're looking to rebuild community again because there's going to be a lot of people who won't buy into this. Mm-hmm. So is God structuring community again? Is he actually structuring unity? Is he showing us how to be the church? Is he showing us actually... Oh, Remember back in the day, I remember we moved into the community in Sleepy Eye. And we had neighbors come over with food. Yeah. Welcome, man. You're, you, you, you Christians do that, you and your wife. <laughs> no, the rest my of us, wife does it. The rest of us aren't Christian. <laughs> I, a lot of times I don't even go. She just goes. I'm Mrs. like, tell him I said hi. <laughs> Mrs. Sonnevelt is a Christian. She'll go she out really there with is. like, she'll go out there with cookies oh, and yeah. pies and treats and all these. She but, made friends with all of our neighbors. And I reap the benefit of it. <laughs> that's right. But see, like, what if that's supposed to be who we are? And I've I actually been convicted about this many times. I know some of my neighbors, but I don't know them all. And I've gone mm-hmm. over there to help them with their shutters and things. Right. I am so on the go that I never, I don't even like know them. I don't get the chance to talk to them. Right. And I think about what if this is actually a plan to actually unify our, our neighborhoods, so. you know, in our counties. Yeah, now, some of you will say, that's just so pie in the sky. And you're not being realistic about this. You're being foolish. You're not warning the people. Well, I guess I don't need to warn the people after you've been warned. You've been told. You have obviously telling me I'm not warning them. So what are you doing with your warning? Right. That, I'm actually dude, doing something with the warning. Dude, that's that's the whole message right. in terms of civil disobedience is a strategy to enact change. If you're not willing to do something with the warning, with the message that you've received, you're just going to perpetuate fear. And that's the whole difference. That's that's 
you and I talk all the time about like conservative commentators. So often it's they're doing this and they're doing that and they're doing this and they're doing that. Great. You've informed me. Help me figure out what to do. Give me a solution. And so for self-evident, our focus so often is, okay, oh, what do we do? What do we do in this, right? You're looking up something? Yeah. Okay. So that's why we feel so invested in giving you calls to action and figuring out strategy. Because if you see a problem, and maybe it's not, let's say, cryptocurrency. Maybe it's not, oh, we're building networks of communities. But maybe it's you don't mind talking to your representatives and saying, we've got we've to stop this now. And getting out and supporting those representatives when they put their neck on the line and stand out against it. Because it's very easy for us to watch from the spectator spot and go, yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay, what's for dinner? They're standing out with their neck on the line for you. And so maybe it's time that you said, he was saying uh, a friend of ours was mayor in a Colorado city, Christian man, conservative, in a, a liberal bastion. He had no support. And it gets very lonely if you are standing out on the front and nobody's coming alongside you and saying, I'm with you. I'll, I'll help you take this onslaught. You're doing good. Keep going. Just that little bit of encouragement gives you some motivation to keep going. Um, we're going to do what we're going to do. But yeah, it, it weighs you when you put out a video and you get all kinds of slanderous comments and there's nobody interacting with those. And like I said, it is what it is. We'll keep going. We go forward. We're, we're not going to stop to throw stones at barking dogs. But it would be nice, you know, for, for that, that encouragement for those who are standing out on the front. So maybe that's your issue. Maybe that's your job. But you have something that you can do. Stop stopping. Hear me again. Stop stopping at the problem figure out a solution or go to somebody who can give you a solution, get a strategy in place. All of a sudden that problem seems a little less overwhelming. Right. We put a lot of emphasis on just the warning part. Okay. Here's what I'm looking at. I looked at a bunch of scripture and just to verify my point, <clears throat> when he talks about an Ezekiel, when he talks about an Isaiah 62, I've said she is watchman over the wall and Ezekiel three and Ezekiel 33 he talks about watchmen. Uh, uh, he says it in another couple parts of scripture, setting watchmen on the wall and those kind of things. And that if you don't warn the people that the, the, the stuff is coming, I will require the blood at your own hand. But there's one thing they all had in common that the person doing the warning and those who were being warned, they knew and had their swords in their hands. They, they were knew ready what to do. They were ready to fight. So there were archers. There were people in the front. There were people on horses. There were people who were leaders. There were people who were commanders. All these other things. There were watchmen. There were people who were just uh, straight up infantrymen. There were people who were in the front. Each one had a job. So when the warning came, they were ready to do their job and go fight. So the warning guy was not the guy who was the one heralded. The warning guy was the one saying, hey, here comes the danger. It was the ones who fought were the ones who were heralded. See what I'm saying? Yeah, no, We put more good. emphasis on the prophet. We put more emphasis on the one doing the warning. We put more emphasis on the podcast guy doing all the warnings. And here's what we're saying. We have been warned. Yes. Dude, every stinking day you can look at the media. You are being warned. If you're reading scripture, you can see what's going on in the world. You are being warned, not just by people that are prophets or 
We're not speaking against the prophets. We love the prophets. I have many friends who are prophets. I've been on their shows and they've been on mine. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is don't put emphasis and wait for someone to warn you. You should be warded up and prayed enough already to know what to do. You should get the directive from God to go fight. So when the warning comes, I'm ready to go. Not saying, where's my oil for my lamp, Lord? You should be like the, the, the five virgins who were ready to fight, who were ready to go be with the bridegroom, who were ready to go do their stuff. When Nehemiah was building the wall, they had a sword in one hand and a yes. trowel in the other. They knew that war was coming. So then they had the watchmen on the wall. So when you're seeing this in Ezekiel, they came and warned the people for what? Get ready to fight, boys, because the sword's coming. They weren't the people who were underneath being warned weren't going, well, then what do we do? We just heard the trumpet. Could you imagine? Exactly. Could you imagine? City, outer wall, watchmen are on the walls, and the approaching army is coming. And the watchman turns around and goes, They're coming, they're coming, they're coming. And everybody stares at the watchman and goes, Okay. So what do I do? What do I do? Give me a plan of action. They're coming. Yeah, but what do I do? You'd look at that person and go, you have, who are you? Like, get to action. Get ready. Let's go. You know what what it should be? The watchman should say, the army is coming. And immediately the people should turn around and go exactly to their war positions. Exactly. They should go exactly where they're supposed to be. And maybe part of our frustration is, there's not there's a lack of generals that are telling people to get to their positions. Maybe we're so infatuated with the bad news oh my gosh, that we're not looking call. for the generals to tell us where to go and what to do. And we've overlooked them. We have because we we look wow. we look at the generals and we go, "Well, that's overwhelming. I can't do that." Yeah. Then yeah. die. And some of you look at the generals and go, well, I don't have time for that. Right. So then all of a sudden the warning comes. You're like, oh, dang, I wish I'd have made time for that. I, I, picture, I wish I'd have read that book. I, I picture people pulling up a couch and sitting down, staring at the watchman <laughs> as he's saying the army is coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what else you got to say about it? Yo, yo. What else? Y'all want the warnings now, but for the last hundred years, we've been hearing warnings from people for a long time. Right. And then we saw fight after fight after fight being lost. Yeah. Right. Because we we're so infatuated with the with watchmen. The, yeah. We're so infatuated with those who warn. Right. And, and they've done us a great service. Yeah. The great disservice was we weren't ready to fight. That has been the great disservice is that we weren't ready to fight this. We weren't ready to fight because we weren't knowledgeable. And I think that's what's so incredible about the founders. They didn't just say, hey, go disobey and do all these things, all of a sudden they're like, we need to appoint a leader. We need to appoint war and military. We need to do this. I mean, they were like ready to go. And it, a lot of it was on the fly, but they knew what they were doing. So maybe in the month of June, this is going to be so simple to some of you, but maybe you quit supporting the places that are promoting this, these agendas, you what? know? And I, dude, listen, you're going to hear it anyway. Yeah. You're a homophobe, a bigot. I'm not afraid of you. Okay. <laughs> Matter of fact, the reason why you're calling me that is because you're afraid of me. I'm not afraid of you. I don't care. I don't care what you do behind closed doors. I care as a Christian what you do behind closed doors and that you need a savior, Jesus Christ. But I don't care as far as liberty what you do. Just don't force it on my kids and don't go forcing it in stores and don't try to promote your agendas and saying this is normal. It is not normal. This is not normal behavior. It's not. You people who are drag queens and want to be trans people, 
all these other things. You want to be trans, whatever you want to be, right? Go do that crap in your own home. But don't you be forcing it on the kids, right? Because you won't let me come in there. And I'm saying you won't let me. I'll still do it. You know? <laughs> but you won't let me as a Christian say, hey, we need morals and ethics. You're saying, no, that's hatred. No, the reason why you're saying that is because you're scared. And you know, you know we're going to win. Mm -hmm. We're going to win. I don't want to kill you. I love you. I want to give you a hug. You won't let me give you a hug because you know at the end of that, it's going to come with strong reproof. Conviction. Come back to the Lord. He loves you. He created you. And you're being disobedient. And you know it. And the reason why you're trying so hard to fulfill your lust this way is because you've never had love in your life. And here's Christ who wants to give you the ultimate love who can fulfill every single desire you have. Right. And this is even convicting for me, mm -hmm. but it's like he fulfills every single desire you've ever wanted. He fulfills all that in the person of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then he sent the helper called the Holy Spirit, right, to lead you, to guide you, to make you straight, to, to make and rectify the crooked paths. And people, I think we, we, we sit there and say, you know, the gays and this and that. The gays aren't the problem. No, the transgenders aren't no. the problem. They're not. We are. Yeah. Because we don't know how to message ourselves, and then we start to go do this attack mode thing that we're against them. I'm not against them. I want them saved. Their sin is against God. God is not against them. He's against their wickedness. That's the truth. There's no question. But it's because they've gone against the Lord and his design, right? And our mission is to keep that sin and wickedness from being established yeah. and forced. That's yep. that's the big mission. And and you had mentioned, and we're gonna round this out. You had mentioned stop going to those businesses. This this is shameless plug, public square. This app, which we have their logo. Yeah, right there on the on bottom. A, we, on gotta, gotta, we gotta put it right here. Yeah, we're, we're, I right here. We'll see if we can do that. Oh, we should have the logo on the graphics. Go to public square. It is a directory of businesses. You search your area, businesses for whatever you need. That show you conservative values, Christian values. You can do this at the ease and convenience of your own phone. I think it's time for us to stop using excuses and say, well, you know, Target's doing all this, but I, I like their clothes. Draw your line. And I want you to picture this image as we round this out. What if we were in the city and the watchmen were on the outer wall, and they yelled, the army is approaching. And immediately, the entire city all went to the positions that they knew they were supposed to go to. And they were ready. They had their swords, they had their shields, they had their arrows, they had their bows. The women knew where to go, they knew what to do. And everybody got to their position, and they stood calm and stoic, waiting for the fight. They were ready for the battle. Could you imagine what it would look like if we as a conservative movement, as a Christian movement, as, as those on the right, coalesced to become strong and ready, all of a sudden you're confident and you're calm. One of the things about the Roman soldiers, when Rome was at its military peak, or Rome, Roman as well, but I'm thinking of the Spartans, calm and collected. Other armies screaming like banshees and all of that, Super calm, stoic, because they knew their job and they did their job with success and with, with excellence. They knew how to work together. They knew how to coordinate. They weren't all just running around swinging wildly. They had their shields in a row. They knew which arm was going to be spearing. They knew when to shift. They knew how to move. 
that's where we can get to. And I think this is the birthing of that, of the conservative movement. And, and the lockdowns were a big sign of that, of the conservative movement realizing we got to train and we've got to discipline and we've got to move forward. Amen. So. But we love you. We love you. We're sort so of. grateful for you. Sort of. I mean, kind of. Kind of. By the way, I just searched Public Square on, on DuckDuckGo. Yeah. You can't find their logo. It's so buried. You can't find it at all. I looked up Public Square, Public Square app, Public Square logo, conservative Public Square. Get rid of Marketplace. Duck, Duck, it's, and I thought DuckDuckGo was safe. I, I, I switched to Brave. Um, what is it? Brave. Say that again. Brave. Brave what? Uh, it's search just brave, engine, right? Search engine browser, uh, brave. It's, I, I've noticed less of that junk. I mean, it's still not perfect, but, and, and keep an eye out. Maybe you find something else that, that find it on public square that really holds to those values. I have to go on public square because I need to find a bank. I want to see if I can find a conservative bank. That so yeah. so we're we're actually moving and and hopefully they're moving to a larger platform to yeah. outdo Amazon. I mean, right. it would be really cool for us to 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 have that a different alternative to all of this. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, guys, just be mindful that uh, we're we're on your side. We're for you. We're for you. We're we're passionate because we love you and we know we can do this. And we're warning you, just like many of my friends. I mean, guys, if you have not checked out Joseph Z's ministry, please check that right. out. If you've not checked out, uh, there's a couple guys, uh, 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 Alan Didio, like those guys. These guys are good dudes, right? And they and give hope. They do give hope. And here's the cool thing: is that they're not just warning you; they're actually saying to you, "Find the Lord in what you're doing. Right. Let Him lead your paths." And that's important. Again, we're issuing a challenge in the month of June. Quit going to these businesses that you know support this bull. Quit it. Don't support them. Find alternatives. I don't know where they're at. Search. Do some due diligence. Mm -hmm. Right? Sorry, I'm not trying to be mean here, but don't be a 10-year-old. Like, be an adult. Search this stuff out. Figure out. And then when you figure it out, print it out and give it to your friends. Like, we're yeah. not supporting this. We are not doing this anymore. Not just for the month of June. For the rest of our stinking lives, because they're going to keep bringing it out. Every June. And you know what? Now businesses aren't even being genuine about this anymore. They're doing oh. it for political expediency and for money. They're not being genuine about supporting people. Once, the, once that fad is over, they're not even going to think about it anymore. Oh, yeah. Month of June ends. Everything goes back yeah. to normal. Yeah. It's a marketing this, ploy. It's a marketing ploy. It totally is. So don't be supporting businesses that do this. And find the ones who are genuine. As a matter of fact, start supporting local. Yes, it costs more. We know that. We know how it is. But I truly believe as we sow into other businesses, we will reap that too. It's oh, like yeah. giving an offering to them. Seriously, why not? Why can't you support that little mom and pop shop, right? And get your goods from there. Why can't you? Because convenience? Well, is convenience worth all of this? No, it's not. So again, go be community. Go to farmer's markets. Go meet yeah. people. You know what I mean? Go out there and do what you're called to do. Go out and be the light in the world. That's what we're saying. And we can all do that, yeah. right? Amen. All right. So you have your marching orders for the week. Head on out and do it. And donate. And donate. To us. Yes. Because we need it. Yes. Mm -hmm. The self evident truth.com. Go. Button. Top. Yes. Members Click. only sections finished. We're excited oh, to almost yes. roll that out. Yes. So we, we've got to populate some content in there. But the, the, the members only torchbearers section is now on the website. Your donation level determines which level you get. Look at this. So you, you're going to be epic. Are you going to be iconic? Or are you going to be legendary? 
Which one are you? So go to the website, check it out. We're going to be good, getting awesome, exclusive content, depending on your level. Let's go. All right. We love you guys. Thank you so much. See you on Friday. Bye. Bye.